I've got one question for you. Why'd you bring that up? Why'd you bring that up? Don't you believe that you, yourself, caused, brought on all these problems? You needed me. All I had was my physical and mental powers. Taylor. And uh, this is another episode of Why'd You Bring That Up? So, Taylor, uh, I'm going to do myself a favor and try to one-take Drake this boy. One-take Drake, I like it. Yeah, man. Uh, I'm tired of, you know, stumbling on my words, which that will probably happen. But I just want to be more free on this podcast. Well, free it, bro. Take your shirt off or something. I mean, why take my shirt off? Because you said you want to be more free, bro. I figure the best way to be free is to whip your shirt around your head like a helicopter. I'm wearing a Buck jersey right now, man. I mean, not not even a new Buck jersey. <laughs> the throwback. Peter That's Boy. your OG go-to Buck jersey, though. I feel like you like that one the best, secretly. Actually, my favorite Buck jersey to wear of mine is my Mike Evans alarm clock jersey. Because it's just really nice. It's super comfortable. But this was the one I had laying around. So I, I saw this on. mega rare Bucks jersey I've never seen before. So it was from when they won the Super Bowl the last time. Ooh. It was a white jersey and it just said Super Bowl champions on it. And it had the year and then it had like a Bucks logo on both the sleeves. It was gross. So in case you missed the news, America's team, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, were in the Super Bowl this year. Oh, boo. And the minute they won the NFC Championship, I went on the website to go ahead and look at some championship merch because I'm going to cop. Because I have way too much Bucks memorabilia already. But that's my motherfucking team, and you know I need some. So anyway, I saw that they put out the Super Bowl era jerseys. So they have, like, the Super Bowl crust on them, and I'm definitely going to fucking get one. Tom Brady? I might get a Tom Brady jersey. I don't – I think – so here's the situation. I have a t- Chris Godwin pewter jersey from this season, so the new jerseys were released. But I'm like 99.9% sure it's fake. It's really nice. It's like a oh, stitch one. who cares? One. Somebody's going to call you on a jersey being fake unless well, they're no. fucking the douchebags. So check me. Here's my whole point of view. All my jerseys are fake. Gabby knows. Like, I'm very big on, like, real jerseys. You know that. Yeah. I'm, I just like it. You know, I like being that guy. No, I like to uh, just be sloppy and gross. I like Bible jerseys. I have this jersey that says Bible on it. I just okay. like it. I don't know where it's from. Probably from the Bible. So Gabby wants to get me a real one, and... So my plan is I think I might get the Chris Godwin Pewter Super Bowl jersey and then take the one I have and just frame it uh, like in a shadow box. No, nah, you need Tom Brady, bro. I kind of, yeah. Let the goat in, bro. Let him in. Oh, no. I've Let him in like, like the Lord fiend. Savior. He's the fiend. Let Tom Brady in. Thank God you brought some wrestling into it. Because I'm sitting here and I'm like, wow, we have not talked about wrestling yet. Well, you know, that's what I do. Segway, segway, segway. So, yeah, let's bring it back in and do Jaded. And do some jaded wrestling love with why'd you bring that up and hit us up with some birthdays. So I'm pretty sure someone had a birthday today, but oh, our uh, truth had a birthday last week. He did, but this uh, is this week, isn't it? On the, I'm fucking up. Well, we're recording this on Tuesday, and I'm gonna edit this bitch as soon as we're done, so you can have it on Wednesday. But so as of today, it is Sasha Banks' birthday, and Ooh, I've seen a lot the of legit boss. Go ahead and tell her by her name. The whole ass boss, baby. And yeah, so it's happy birthday to you, Sasha Banks. If you want to send me some of them dope-ass boots, I'll wear them in honor of you. Will you? Yeah, they say boss on the side. Legit I'd rock them proud. Yeah, I'd rock them proud. I'm, I'm a legit boss, too. I was a just legit gonna... boss of hating my life and going to work at a place I don't want to go to every day. Cheers, I'll drink to that, brother. Blip. Uh, I promised myself I wasn't going to drink today, but my mom swindled me into going to a little barbecue. She called me up, we, and she was like, hey, I have some steak. I have salad, and I have some fried pierogies. 
you're trying to eat some free dinner, and I what was the like, fuck is a pierogi, by the way? Per- pierogi? Okay. This is how I explained it to Gabby, because she doesn't like pierogies until today. It's basically like you took fried pasta and put mashed potatoes in it. It almost hits... It hits similar to like a crab ragoon. You know the only other time I've heard the word pierogi? Hit me. Men in Black 2, 2004. They're inside the shop. Two aliens just sitting having dinner. Lady comes up. She's like, what do you guys want tonight? He's like, I'll have a couple of pierogies. They're fucking delicious. I yeah. love Then he dies. So every time I think of pierogies, I think of like death. Now. So yeah, you associate pierogies with death? Yeah, death because of that alien died. He had an alien inside of his head. I can you know, his head that. goes, and there's like an alien sitting inside there. Okay, yeah, Weird. I can totally, I can deal that, baby. Yeah. I don't know. I might try a pierogi, though, because death is achievable. They're delicious. That was one of those things my mom always raised me on, was like pierogies. That would be a, a regular side dish in our household. Oh, I'd love So, that. and I love, I love potatoes in every form. I would say that. And it's fun because I've been taking Gabby on this potato journey. Uh, when I met her, she was like, I like french fries. And I was I'd like, like to um meet, like... A person that can create songs off of our ideas. Like, I just like to have a song about the potato adventure. Like the great like, potato, potato adventure of 2021. Like, the potato adventure, Gab is going on. You said I like fries. I said you'll have none. Oh! So you're giving me heavy, tenacious D vibes with that? I am tenacious D. I'm actually Jack Black and um, Cage mixed into one. I just want to take a moment to thank you for School of Rock. That really changed me as a child. School of Rock is the one you go to for Jack Black? Like, that's your go-to? It's not uh, Saving Silverman first? Do you want to know what movie I would always associate him with? What's that? My favorite movie of all time, Mars Attacks. Okay, that's fair. I, forget, I always forget he's in that. Yeah, he he's dies very it's... brutally. Uh, yeah, a lot of people die pretty brutally in that movie. I could say that's safe to say. I like Saving Silverman better. Saving Silverman is a absolute classic, but I associate it with a weird time in my life. When I was a kid, my brother got ran over by a ice cream truck. I remember watching that movie heavily in that time period. Oh, that's weird. So yeah, let's get back on track though uh, and talk about wrestling. We have been messing with the format, and instead of talking about a whole mess, we're gonna kind of focus our scope on some specific wrestling. And would you believe it? It's that time of the year for Royal Rumble. And the 2008 Royal Rumble happened. Do you know anything about the 2008 Royal Rumble, Taylor? Tell me about it, Will. You're the expert here, the historian. John Cena was not in the picture. But as we all know, for that time period, he was the hottest thing since sliced fucking bread, my guy. He is. And he was out on an injury. I can't remember the specific injury off the top of my head. I'm trying to do today without a lot of notes. But it was a very serious injury. And he had a very stick-to-this-timetable as far as recovery goes. So the Royal Rumble comes around, and would you believe he's number 30 in the Royal Rumble? Like maybe two or three months ahead of his projected recovery time? I wouldn't. Did he win? He did. Good. He did. Oh, I have a John Cena story. Fuck, I forgot about this. I didn't even tell you about this. All right, tell me. So the other day when I ran into uh, um, the mouth from the south at the grocery store. Oh, yeah, you met Jimmy Hart, your best friend. Oh, so anyway... Uh, the, the manager that was standing there I was chatting with, I looked at him because I glanced at Jimmy Hart and I looked at him and then I glanced back at Jimmy Hart because I was like, holy shit, that's Jimmy Hart. Okay. And the manager was like, I looked at him and he goes, yep, that's him. And I was like, hmm. He was like, a lot of famous people come inside these stores. John Cena came into Earth Fair I worked at when I worked there. I was <laughs> the manager. And he whips out his phone. Sure enough, he's got a picture of John fucking Cena in the Earth Fair. Oh, my God. So John Cena is an Earth Fair guy. So let me, he goes to Earth Fair. That's the breaking news I wanted to get out of this whole story. 
is if you're thinking about where wrestlers shop, John Cena shops at Earth Fair. So, run me through this real quick. Was it just like a candid picture? Like you could tell this guy was hiding behind something, taking a picture no, of John Cena? John Cena? Or was it a picture with him? He took the picture, and he said that. He said, honestly, the craziest thing about it is John Cena's really, really nice. Like He was like, I asked him for a picture, and he could have told me to fuck, go fuck myself, but he didn't. Most of the time, and he didn't have his <clears throat> hair done. He had like that semi-long hair phase. Okay. It's not like long, but it's kind of just sloppy, like the Miz when he had stupid hair. Okay, and he just had it like down with like a white T-shirt on. Yeah, that sounds about right. Well, you know, John Cena lives, uh, literally lives twenty minutes on the road, right? Yeah, I know. That's why I was. That's pretty cool, though. Have I ever told my fun John Cena story on the podcast? I feel like I did. Like the you first met couple episodes. No, I have not. But I know a couple people who have. But my friend Sean one day. When we were a little bit younger, like in our teenage years, he found out where John Cena lived. Like, we were like 18 or 19 at the time. And so we get in the car one day, and he brings me to John Cena's neighborhood. And we were like really lucky because it's a, like, obviously a security neighborhood, but like the fence or gates were down for maintenance or some shit. So we were able to pull in and like drive by his house and be like, oh my God, that's where John Cena lives. Uh, but then there's the story of me going to Chris Jericho's house when he was selling it. But, uh, Oh, I got another one. Hit me. So the other day I was talking to this guy about the big show. Uh-huh. And he said he was when he was six, he rode on a plane with the big show. And he said the big show talked to all the kids and was like the nicest dude in the world. It was long haired big show when he when he was in WCW. Oh man. Like when he was the giant, I guess. Yeah, that was the And he was like uh he was like, Yeah, he talked to everybody, all the kids and hung out with the kids the whole plane ride and just talked to all of us about wrestling. What a nice fucking What a guy. dope dude Paul is. It makes me want to watch his Netflix show again. Speaking of Paul, let's talk about a Phil. <laughs> I feel you. What do you want to talk about? Uh, Seven years ago, the pipe bomb? Uh, no, seven years ago today, CM Punk walked the fuck out. Oh, uh, okay, in the middle of the taping? Yep. Real deal. Can I just say that he's so real, dude? I just want to give him a hug. Tell him I, love, I know what he feels like. It's so fun that now you're like just, you're seeing what I've talked about. We've talked about CM Punk for a long, long time now. I saw a meme the other and by day. By that, I mean six months. And it was, um, <laughs> it was AJ Styles and Keith Lee combined, and it said, look at AJ Lee. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I can't even with you. What the fuck? That's gold. It was like Keith Lee's body with AJ Styles' head. All right, good job. I, I'll take that. I'll take that 100%. Oh, that's funny meme. I fuck with that. Okay. Uh, so let's go ahead and bring it up. I need to get like a pre recorded clip to go for that. Bring, bring, bring it up. Phew. Sure. Cool. I'm just going to go ahead and clip that. Amplify it. Go ahead like and I would even did like a little car sound at the end. I just, I'm telling you, I'm going to make that the clip. Oh, that's the clip? Yeah, you cut me off, you son of a bitch. Well, I always cut you off. Like, you cut me off when you were late, bitch. <sighs> Man, I'm telling you, I was like. The best part about this is I have something I can hold over your head now. We've never done anything wrong in our entire friendship. And now you fucked up. Now I got you. Yeah, why do you ask me every week, am I going to fire you? Because I just feel like it's, it's the day. This isn't even something I can fire you from yet. Yet. Yeah. It's coming, though. I'm just getting you prepared for the moment. I'm t- <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, I want to talk about Undertaker on Joe Rogan's podcast the other day. You mean Mark? Yeah, good he's old Mark, Mark Calloway. He's done moved on from his gimmicks. Well, he, he did admit on that podcast he's on a Legends contract now. So it really is that sign that he is done in the ring. There's something I really just want to focus on it. We've already kind of been going on for a while now. But he o- very openly talked about steroid use in the locker room. And that doesn't happen. 
So for not only for him to just kind of be so fucking out there, which he did it a lot though. There was a lot of points in that that were like, "Ooh, dipping your toe into some dangerous waters, are you, Mark?" This is shit I'd expect from Bruce Pritchard when he's not under a WWE contract or like Jim Cornette, but not Undertaker. Just the freest he's ever been, man. It really is. Also, Joe Rogan has an incredible talent of drawing things out of people without making them feel not safe. Well, I mean, the dude's just sitting there getting high the whole time. He's good. He's good at what he does, and what he does is he pries without prying. You know, I wasn't watching the video format of it, though, which I will say was really cool. I was watching... Did you think the other guy was annoying? No, no, he was definitely fine. I was I, I was listening to it on Spotify, though, right? And so on Spotify, it'll actually give you the video feed, which was really cool to me. Uh, I've never seen that on a podcast, so I will point that out, and maybe one day when we're making videos, we can look into that shit. That'd be dope. Really dope. But yeah, I really found it interesting. I mean, I think the steroid use, I mean, you should have known it was happening if you didn't. Um, I mean, a lot of dudes were way too big for the time period. Like, just too big. You know what I mean? Like, I don't expect it from the dudes in the 80s, but in the mid-90s, there's no way you didn't know. Well, so the thing with me lately is now it's been making me take a deeper look back at watching those wrestling. It's making me take a deeper look at wrestling now that I'm watching it back. Because I'm like looking at it and I'm like, whoa, was this guy using steroids? You know, everybody in that Thunder taping I was just watching from 2000, every person on the roster Candido, Steiner, Canyon, Mike Awesome, every single one of them. And they were huge. There's no way around it, dude. Oh, yeah, no, it was re- absolutely Especially ridiculous. Steiner. But like, that's an obvious one. But the rest of those guys are just like huge. Even Jeff Jarrett. He's oh, yeah. big for his size, dude. Yeah, he was fucking swole back then, and it was like, okay, what's going on here? Like, maybe he wasn't juicing, but he's had some veins. Oh, yeah, no, without question. So then the other thing I really want to talk about it is, you know, him calling the people in the locker room soft. Like, you know, he had mentioned the guys he grew up in the business with are dudes that would, like, fucking stab you. This is a thing, like... So the thing is, like, people are taking this small portion of what he said and making it that he's saying that everybody in the WWE now is soft, and that's not exactly what he said. Like, I, this, it's kind of getting twisted, and I know that that's what you do is you take the points of the story that are the most interesting and isolate them, and then you create a story out of it. But the thing is, like, what he said was the way they have to train and the way that they're brought up is different, and that's why they're soft. So what he was saying is, like, what we used to do is we'd have to find someone to train us. It wasn't given to us. And now they sign them to a deal before they even start training. Put them in the performance center and baby them while they train them and pamper them. But when he did it, he paid some dude $2,000 to just beat his ass for a month. No, no, definitely. And so with me, I'm, I mean, I'm not taking it as, like, he's calling everyone soft now and everything like that. More so how I'm examining it is... This is the second time in the past three months that a notable figure of wrestling from when we grew up. I mean, even you not being a super wrestling fan when you were a kid, I'm sure you knew who The Undertaker was, and I'm sure you knew who was. And so we have these people coming on record heavily criticizing wrestling from this modern age. And that's kind of where I took it. Because not only did he say that the guys were soft, he says he can't keep up with the product because he doesn't care. It's not interesting. To him. Yeah. Well, that's and a writing thing more than anything to me. I think that the it's probably is a little bit more soft, but the entire world is. And the reason that the product is good, not good is not because they're soft. The reason the product's not good is because they don't know how to write. Well, I think it's obviously a combination of things. And I'm not here to criticize the writing team. I'm not here to criticize the writing team today, even though I could do that any day of the fucking week. 
more so what I'm here to talk about is more so what I'm here to talk about is you have all these people that we idolize now coming back and going, Hey, the business isn't where it necessarily should be, whether they're meaning it horribly or if they're just like, Hey, you guys are close. You just have a little bit further to push. And then you'll be putting out that compelling product that everyone wants to see. And it's just the thing because you have people that have always been criticizing it. Uh, pro- the recent product. I'll throw out another name, like I mentioned earlier, Jim Cornette. You know, he always fucking talks about. And there's, I don't agree with half the shit he says. You know, and I know a lot of people fucking hate him, but he's some of the things he says echo- is now being echoed by Undertaker and Jim Ross. These people who, I mean, their opinion is valued a little bit more. So now people are like, oh, maybe he's not crazy. You know? But everybody knows that it's softer. It has to be. You, you 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 can't take the concussions without being sued. Now it's not the same world that it was ten years ago. You can't just go out there and gash your head without people having a lawsuit for it. Well, no, most definitely, but it's still a lot of the or some of the criticism, at least. I mean, I mean, I've listened to some Jim Cornette stuff, and it's like just like the psychology of the matches and stuff like that. And then, and, and I get it. I can understand more, like getting it a little bit more from Undertaker. But all three of those guys are like southern dudes who grew up a certain way who have a certain way of thinking about things well have you ever watched like wcw from the mid to late 80s and early 90s and even earlier the shit was great i if i'm being a hundred percent honest with you right now i would rather watch anything from that period from the southern territories than raw I, I have a hard time getting through it. And well, it's, it's, it's because it's not pushed towards you anymore, though, which is sad to say. But it that's... is, though. They're still trying to hit my demographic by Target. You know what I mean? They're trying to hit that those mid-adults. With what? What are they doing right now that targets the mid-adults? Because most everything they're doing, I'm seeing, the one, is for like 12-year-olds and under. The one thing that got me up until a few weeks ago when they set him on fire, it's that's the a, fiend shit. But that's a, a thing that could be used to attract a 12-year-old as well as a 25-year-old. But it's still, they're, they're blurring those lines. And so it's it's like, I understand that there's stuff for me and there's stuff for other people. But at the end of the day, it's... A lot of the things can be blurred those way. You know what I mean? It could be for either audience. And there's things that I've found compelling. There's a reason why I still watch SmackDown on a regular yeah, basis. I yeah. just feel like there's a huge disconnect on Raw. And like I said, I can't, the past couple of weeks, I can't even deal with the fucking Fiend shit anymore. Because, I mean, one, he's not there. And Alexa Bliss does not, she's not as blissful and graceful with that role as the Fiend is. And Get your fucking mask out of here, Randy Orton. Yeah, that is weird. It's a weird mask. They couldn't have just got him a nice-looking mask. It's got to be, like, from the fucking locker where mankind lived. But neither here nor there. We won't go too much further into this. I just... I thought that was a very interesting conversation. I've seen a lot of mixed reactions since that has gone viral, I guess you could say. And, uh, I don't know. I think it's worth discussing once more, but maybe we should uh, find something very specific we want to talk about it about next time. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. I've been having fun. I thought this was a fun little conversation. Oh, yeah, most definitely. fart. But I'll go ahead and take that opportunity to wrap this up. I don't have my usual spiel in front of you, but I can tell you on Apple Music, you can leave a review and uh, like the shit. You can follow us on Spotify. I would love it if you can go ahead and tell your mom, your dog, Taylor has someone he wants you to tell. You tell Darth Vader this week. James Earl Jones is still alive. Did you know that? Go tell James Earl Jones. Go tell your local fireman. 
Maybe if your garbage man's having a rare day. I mean, garbage men are typically unique individuals. Maybe be like, hey, you should check out Jaded Wrestling. They'll be like, huh, how did you know that I like wrestling? Well, did you take the time wrestling. to learn something about me? And you're like, yes, Greg. I could tell that you were a wrestling fan. His name's Greg. It is now. Greg. Go tell Greg the garbage man. I'm old Greg. But yeah, we put out weekly content. We are taking a break from the main podcast that me and Taylor put out, but we will be coming back at the end of February. So yeah, you guys have more of an idea when the official date's coming, but check out that last Friday in February. We have a podcast that we've been putting out on a bi-weekly basis, which we'll be putting out a new episode for that tomorrow, a jaded family discussion with our good friend Kevin. Speaking of Kevin, Kevin will be planning out a new series with a good friend of ours, Duke, in the very near future. Uh, so until then, you can go ahead and check out all of our previous material. We will be putting the first few episodes up on Patreon soon, so get them while you can. And yeah, you can follow us on Twitter at Godfieri, at TaylorHouser1, and at Joe Rogue. Until next week, keep it jaded, brother. Yeep. Yeep, yeep.